This is DDS. From the DDS studios, we are your hosts, Blake Melton, Bradley Newberry. And from the man cave, you all know him and you love him. It's Matthew Two-Tone Blue Parker. Parker, what's up? Guys, football's here. It's our first preview of the year, and it is finally time to kick off. Yeah, prediction time, Blake. What are we doing today? Well, you know, we're going to be venturing out a little bit. We're going to go out on a limb here a little bit. You know, we're SEC guys mostly here, uh, but hey, we're not going to discriminate this year. We know that we got a lot of Big Ten fans out there, and we are going to do a Big Ten West prediction show today for the year year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> and thank you guys for clicking, watching. Absolutely. Tell them what they need to do. They're already here. Absolutely. Hey, while you're here, go ahead. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. Go down below. Click like and subscribe for us on YouTube. Give us a rumble on Rumble. Check us out on all of our social media. That is TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DDS Sports Talk. And you can check out all the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Are Are you ready? I'm kind of a little giddy. I don't know. Guys, look, again, we're mostly SEC guys. We're not like... I wouldn't say we're experts on on the Big Ten. I am really interested to hear what our take is on how this is going to go this year. Parker, what do you think? Uh, me too. We haven't talked anything about this. For all I know, you guys have Northwestern winning the national championship. <laughs> Don't give it away. No spoiler alerts. But maybe, we, maybe, maybe. But right? we will talk about Northwestern first. Last year, they finished the year three and nine, an abysmal one and eight in conference play. Coach Pat Fitzgerald is back, and Parker, they're opening the season in Dublin, Ireland, versus Nebraska in what could be considered a tone setter, a potential swing game here in the Big Ten West. Look, the the, the Northwestern needs to go over. Their coach needs to get some Irish whiskey because this is going to be the highlight of their year. there's not a whole lot to say about them. They have a tackle named Peter Skaronsky that could be a big time in the NFL. Other than that, it's a really good journalism school. <laughs> Blake. So I have a little bit of a different take here, and there's going to be a theme permeating this West show from me. I have a little bit of an opinion about the other coach that's going to be on the field with that game. We're not going to go into it just yet. But what I do think is that that particular team's downfall is going to start in Ireland. Oh, he's predicting Northwestern with a victory right I've here. got Northwestern taking this one and going and drinking some proper whiskey. <laughs> I can see it, man. Let, let me give you my trends here. 2018, Northwestern won the West. 2019, Three and nine. 2020, they won the West last year. Three and nine. Parker. God, he sounds like a Jags fan Is talking like it this. It's time for Northwestern to rise up. <laughs> what are we predicting right here? This team, you know, look, I gave you all my like. The first thing I said was what I liked about the team. That's not even my dislike. This team is so bad offensively. I'm talking outside the top 125 in the seven, their last seven games. They didn't even score 14 points. And there, I don't see any reason for this to change. 
every once in a while, just like you mentioned, every 20 years, Northwestern randomly does something in football. But let me just be frank. This is not this is the every, year. You're not every 20. <laughs> over the last over the last four. I mean, you know, when the moon is full. No, no, this isn't it. It's not happening. I'll go ahead and lay my prediction on right. Northwestern and jump out there and say they're going to be lucky to win four games. We're going four and eight. I am going way out there on a limb and say, and it's crazy that when you hear this, you, you hear me talking right now, it's like I'm saying they're going to go 10 and two. I'm going way out there on a limb and saying they're going six and six. Oh, he's got a bowling. bowling bowling. That's a big win. Look, I've got them uh, better actually than last year's three and nine. I'm predicting Northwestern to go five and seven, but there's no way as Parker mentioned that they jump all the way up and win the West. No way. No, never, never. Not this year. We're moving on to Nebraska, Nebraska last year. Let's just call it what it is. It's, it's disappointing. This whole tenureship of the coach that Blake wants to talk about has been horrible. A 15 and nine overall record for coach Scott Frost, no winning seasons, no bowl games. Blake, what do you want to say about this guy? So let me take you back. Let me see. What was it like? 2000 and it was what? 2017. Scott Frost was, he was the hot name. Everybody wanted Scott Frost. We had Tennessee fans saying, why not go get Scott Frost? He was the darling. And I'm sitting here looking at this. And I don't see a freaking winning record There's yet. Not. There's not. All right, let's start here. Let's start here with 18. 2018, four and eight. Mm-hmm. 2019, five and seven. Only improved. Then he dropped back down three and five in 2020, three and nine Oof. in 2021. Oof. I think that there's going to be a trend. I actually was actually fairly generous with some of their games. But I, I think there's a strong possibility that somewhere in this schedule, there could be a game that if he slips up and loses, it falls off the track. He gone. Okay. I think that they may be without a coach for half of the year. It's funny you say that because uh, part of my thing was about Scott Frost. They were so happy when they got him. He was like yeah. their savior, right? Yeah. He actually, they were going to fire him this year, and he had to take a pay cut, pay cut just to, to stay. To well, stay. And you're right, never had a never had a winning season. And this is going to be a fun one for us, y'all. They have a new transfer quarterback from Texas named Casey Thompson, and this kid can throw stuff that Adrian Martinez, if y'all remember how bad he was. This guy, Adrian Martinez, can't even dream about what Casey Thompson can do. Is it a big-time transfer for them? And my, my big thing on them is I, I really – believe in regression positive and negative they lost seven of eight games by a single score many of the analytic community point to their dead last ranking in special teams because of that so they really need to get that figured out let me let me get you guys to circle a game on your calendar this is where i think things could really really get ugly in nebraska the Rutgers game in week six. He loses that game. That's like losing to Vanderbilt. I'm saying 
he loses that game, he gone, and I've got him losing it. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus, my notes. I, I've read that there are a ton of transfers that came in, Parker. A ton. Uh, their offense was okay. Uh, Pitt offensive coordinator Whipple comes in, bringing in some fresh ideas. Um, the analytics say for the 2022 season, they are projected and and to be the favorites in 10 games this year. Yep, they're they're projected to be the favorites by the Vegas. Now, now wait a second. Are those projections from the research schools that are you know heavily <laughs> oh, laden in the already. Big Ten? Which, by the way, the Big Ten is not the fucking Big Ten. It's <sighs> the Big Fourteen. I will be referring to it from henceforth as the Big Fourteen. I'm just going by the Vegas Parker predicted to be favored in 10 games. They are. That tells you a lot about some of these other teams that are in the big 10 that they're going to be playing, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm excited to get to, to the prediction on this. Cause I think for the first time, since we've been doing these podcasts, I'm going to have a big 10 school that likes me. <laughs> oh, all right. Here, uh, here I'll go for okay. I'll, I'll go first because I dare not. I dare not. I love to stay with the trends. So I dare not say there's a winning season here because there's never been one. I'm going Nebraska five and seven as my prediction. I'm going totally milk toast here. I was very generous because I think they will lose Scott Frost in week six when they lose to Rutgers and then they will rally to win three more games and go six and six. I believe in this quarterback they're getting. I believe the regression of seven and eight can't happen. And their first game is where? Where y'all y'all told me already. Where's it at? Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. And it starts with the luck of the Irish. They're almost the opposite of Iowa. Instead of getting all this crazy good luck, they get all the bad luck. Nebraska could be a worse team this year and win twice as many games as they did last year. Eight and four. Woo! I could see it. Man, everybody, all the Cornhuskers love Parker right now. I did find it interesting that they're going to be favored in 10 games, though. Vegas, Vegas usually knows something. It's all those research schools. That's what it is. Mm. They don't build those buildings out of hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to <clears throat> Illinois. Last year, they finished five and seven overall. Behind first-year coach Brett Bielema, uh, four and five in conference play. In one year, was he able to make a full culture shift? Maybe. I mean, I think the foundations are there. This second year will be tough because I've read in my research that there is some turnover. So in a culture build, you'd like to have more players come back to be able to help coach continue on with the uh, culture that he did in, in year one, they had some impressive wins, Parker. They beat Nebraska. They won at Penn state. They won at Minnesota. So, I mean, some good building blocks of what, what do we think about their first year leading into this one? Yeah. You stole the words right out of my mouth. All in Brett Bielema's first year, they jumped up and bit some people. They weren't expected. Two of those wins were top 20, wins i mean they didn't have a lot of wins as you alluded to but maybe he has them headed in the right right direction i mean he's got some history with that so 
I kind of actually like where they're going, which is weird to say about a Illinois, anything outside of basketball, right? Yeah, I mean, I really like Brett Bielema. I think he's kind of a hard nosed guy. I think I think he he plays he plays a really kind of a ground and pound offense. I mean, unfortunately, in this, there's a theme that we've noticed in our research about these two com- uh, these two divisions within this conference. There's the offensive side, which is not this division. And then there's the defensive side. That's this division. They don't really play offense, quite frankly. They play really good defense. And Brett Bielema's teams like to get big old boys to push them up front and run that ball. And I think that if he can get that going there, I think it'll be uh, – it's what he did at Arkansas. You know, I think he'll do that here. I think he's going to – he'll make some noise, but unfortunately I just don't know that he has a big enough draw at, at Illinois to be able to pull in the kind of talent that it's going to take to get over the hump with Illinois. And you talk about the offense not being good. It, it wasn't just not good. It was downright dreadful. <laughs> yeah. It was outside the top 125. Yep. I mean, that that's awful. To address that, as Brad alluded to, they did bring in some transfers. The biggest ones are quarterback from Syracuse. And they also, which I think is underrated, brought in the offensive coordinator from UTSA, the Roadrunners. Remember that magical season that they had last year? So they are trying to upgrade, but, God, you're doing it at a tough school. Yeah. Tough place to try to win yeah. at. I've got uh, last year they lost four games by one score. Yep. Uh, they need more scoring. So both what you guys are yep. talking about, uh, Barry uh, Lunny, if I pronounce his name right, Barry Lunny Jr. from UTSA is coming in with the attack style offense this year. They're running – one of their running backs had over 1,000 yards. They have wide receivers in place. That big question mark is defense. Are they going to be able to stop anyone, something? Um, I just think with the whole culture shift and not as many players coming back that coach would want, I I gave them the same record, guys. I gave them five and seven. You know, I did the exact same thing. I gave them a five and seven record. I think that it's not going to be any kind of indication of the job that Brett Bielema is doing. I just think it's going to be – it's going to be tough sledding up there in Illinois. If they were in the East, I'd probably, I would have a different probably pick on this, but I think I'm going to go, man, I just back and forth in my head. I'd see what I have written down here, but I'm going to go six and six. Okay. Give them the bowl. Okay. I'm going to give them the bowl. I went back and forth on five and seven, six and six. And I, I think their win total is five and a half from Vegas. So it, Right side there. Of that. Is it just me or is this is this division in this conference just full of six and six teams? Wait, we'll see. I mean, that, but that's <laughs> kind of their that's kind of their speed. It feels like I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely yeah, you, see. We're you gonna put them in the other one, one and I make them win like three games. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's damn right. Exactly. Uh, but still, thank you for joining us here <laughs> with the Big Ten West Prediction Show. We're moving on to Purdue. Purdue last year finished nine and four, six and three in conference play. They finished their season right here in Middle Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee, the Music City Bowl. They are the Music City Bowl champs, beating the UT Vols in what may be a questionable final play. Yep. Do they build on this, Blake, or was it just a one year? Eh, they had some things kind of fall in their place. 
Uh, I I mean, they could have been a little bit of both, but I do think that I think Jeff Brom's probably the real deal as a coach. Uh, It it seems to me like he has a pretty good idea of what to do on offense to be able to beat teams that maybe he shouldn't beat. Um, It sounds like they have some offensive linemen that are coming back, right? They have a pretty good amount of their line. Uh, So, I mean, that and that goes a long way in high-level college football. Uh, to be able to establish the run game and to be able to protect your quarterback. Uh, because I, if, if I remember correctly, I don't think their quarterback was very mobile. Well, Parker probably um, has some info about old uh, O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I, we'll see. They might take a little bit of a step back this year, though. I actually want to jump a little bit about both of you said about coach there. And, and Brad, you mentioned it. Was it just everything come together for him? Right. Yeah. What, and, and the answer is yes. They had a better-than-expected offense. They had a better-than-expected defense. The ball bounced the right way. Everything went right for them, and they managed to win eight games and with everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Before this season, the coach had won 18 games in four years. Uh, this year, they've lost their best offensive lineman. They've lost their best defensive lineman, both of them, to the draft. And although that has happened, I still like their defensive line. They are good in the secondary it's weird to say about a like a, you, th- you think Purdue, you think Breeze, and throwing it around still. But this is going to be one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. The offense, I cannot say that with any type of certainty. Yeah, so it's like, is was last year their ceiling is my question. But last year. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to be better than eight and four in the regular season, right? I mean, it's pretty damn good. For is Purdue, it, I think it for is. Purdue? I, that's what, yeah. that's what I mean, I'm saying. Yeah. For, for I, Purdue. I don't. I don't think it's the ceiling. I think it's the roof. I don't think they oh. can get up there again. <laughs> I mean, did you have any uh, stats on returning quarterback Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, no, I think he's got the receiver back that had over 200 yards against UT in the bowl game. He just kept just throwing it up to the moon, and he kept catching the ball. Yeah, I was so turned off by that last play that. I just I have a little bias about hating this team. Yeah, in case y'all don't know, we're well, two of us are Tennessee fans. So it's not even that I'm a Tennessee fan. It's just the the, the call. I'm just sitting there. I remember watching it, thinking, <clears throat> going off on a, ch- a tangent, but be like, oh, that's gonna be overturned. That's not a big deal. But Blake had his numbers up there. It was almost seventy two percent passing, right? Yeah, and his TDs, the INTs are twenty eight to eleven, one hundred fifty eight point five rating. I mean, I, I say this is a plus quarterback. and it's, it's an important piece to have in college football. I feel like Purdue's at least got that, right? I mean, he threw two touchdowns in every game for the last six games. So, yeah, okay. it's going on It's going on the right side of it. Um, he's one of the – he's the only guy outside of Drew Brees to throw for over 500 yards in multiple games. Okay. That's a stat. Yeah. Um, I wrote down also that uh, Jeff Brom and company, they get a break in scheduling this year by missing Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. They don't have to play any of the three of those this year. So little scheduling love. Can they get any run game going is my big question mark for this squad. I think they'll be just fine passing. You'll have to, again, limit the turnovers. We'll see what happens. I got Purdue regressing, Parker. I got them at six and six. 
You mentioned the schedule. Good thing about this team is the schedule. They play one team with a top 30 offense all year. Yep. And they can start off three and one and maybe four yep. and oh. Yep. And I have them going seven and five. Uh, exactly. Yep. I got them starting off hard. Yep. I got them starting off four and oh, and then going seven and five as well. Yep. We're about mm-hmm. all on the same page there. Uh, next team is we're going to go to Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> finished nine and four, six and three in conference play as well, just like Purdue. Uh, they finished the season ranked number four in overall college defense. Uh, they have their running back, Braylon Allen, coming back. But, Parker, do you like the inconsistency, the big question mark of Graham Mertz at quarterback? I hate talking about this team <laughs> in both basketball or football because Graham Mertz is one of the worst highly touted quarterbacks in America. He has thrown five touchdowns to 13 picks when he plays against teams with winning records. He sucks. The only thing that this team has going for them is their defense. I can jump on that in a minute, but Graham Mertz, no, it's just not, he's not the answer. I mean, it feels like the prototypical Wisconsin slash Iowa quarterback. Couldn't agree more. I really don't have much to say about Wisconsin because I like you, Parker, am just tired of hearing about them. Um, I get tired of seeing them, seeing their highlights and, I don't know. It's just but, dumb. But me. just just look real quickly there. What do you see about his TD to interception ratio? You see it? Yeah, it's almost one to one. It's actually it's worse horrible. than one to one. And, Ten and, to eleven. And again, it's five to thirteen when he's playing against teams with a winning record. Mm-mm. Yeah. So not taking care of the ball that is one way to not be a big time team, even in the Big Fourteen. I am going to kick us off here, and I've got him going eight and five. Listen, the defense is a, is amazing, and they could be elite again. They allowed opponents without a first down or a touchdown on 46% of drives. No first downs or touchdowns. That's the best in major college football. Nobody else is close. The downside, they lost 73% of the starters on defense. Hey. But a lot of people think that that's more of a scheme thing and not a player thing so expect them to regress yes but for that defense to still be very good i've got them getting to seven wins based on defense alone and losing five because of graham mertz yeah uh based on defense i love defense i like that based on scheduling Let's just call it what it is. They're on the easier side here, right? They're yeah. in, they're in the Big Ten West. Yeah, they're they're definitely benefiting from that. Um, I for this team to take the next step and actually win the West, they're going to have to be way more consistent in that quarterback. Um, I can't predict them to win the West, but I'll give them eight and four, number two in the West for my prediction show. Yep. Uh, did next, I say eight and five? I think you I did. did. Eight and eight you and four. Eight and four. Yeah. yeah, I can't do math. Minnesota Golden Gophers, you're <laughs> up next. Um, this is the third straight team that finished nine and four and six and three in uh, conference play, led by Coach PJ Fleck. Um, I've got look. They're coming off a bowl win in the guaranteed rate bowl versus West Virginia. <laughs> They get a. Why does that make me laugh? They get their a running back. By the way, it was eighteen to six. What a well, game! Hey, it's a victory. They get a running back, Muhammad. I'm going to butcher this name. 
what is it? Ibrahim. 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 Get him back from a torn Achilles. Um, there could be, there could have been a little bit of turnover here, but uh, it feels like that this team, after reading as crazy as that, they may be one of the more stable with pieces in the Big Ten West. You mentioned them getting their running back back. Ugh. Last year, they had 46 rush attempts per game. Outside of the service academies, which that's all they do, that was number one. I don't the even o- think they were particularly good. They were like four yards a rush, right? No, they sucked at it. The O-line will even be worse this year. They need to throw the freaking ball. 46 rush attempts per game is outrageous, and that's without your big guy. Imagine what they want to try to do this year. I mean, it's egregious I mean, if they do that. They're just they're going to run the ball and they're going to play defense. You know, they've kind of been that team that's been the proverbial piss in the Cheerios. Well, they're in the right division to do Not, exactly. They, they, can, they can sneak up on some folks in this division. I feel like I see this for every team. Their defense was good last year. For, we're uh, in we're this in division. the defensive division. We are, but you, guess what? Though there's 11 starters, right? Eight of them are going away. Yeah. You know, however, their schedule is cake when it comes to offenses because they're in this division. They yep. play so many very tough defenses, but they only are projected to play three top 30 offenses all year long. <laughs> I, 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 I've broken record here. I'll throw out my prediction on Minnesota, but you guys just take a wild guess. It's going to be seven and five. I am picking them to win the Big Ten West at nine and three. That's why wow. that's my Big Ten West winner, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Well, I think they're nine gonna piss, I think they're gonna piss in some folks' Cheerios this year again, but I don't know about nine and three. I'm going eight and four. Well, you're right there with me. It's just one extra game. I know. It's not Minnesota, you are headed to the championship game against a team that you'll have to stay tuned for the Big Ten East. I was our last team here in the West last year. They finished 10-4, and 7-2 and two in conference play, and Parker was having to hail the champions, Iowa. What do you think, man? Uh, the defense, number 13, but their offense. One of the worst. I mean – in like it, real like, conference football, yeah, play. like embarrassingly bad, right? Let me jump. This is this one might be a little all over the place on this because their offense was so bad, and I'm here to tell you it might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this defense, though, is something to behold. It really is. They gave Iowa's offense the second best starting field position in all of college football. And they were still one of the worst offenses in the entire league. So the chances of that happening again is next to nothing, right? So if you had the second best starting position, you would assume you'd do better than you did. That you did. Their luck last year, I said this every podcast, it was historic and it did run out. In their last six games, they averaged a massive 13 points per game. I was offense was outside the top 115 last year. That 13 points I referenced. That is with giving them, again, the second-best starting position the entire time. So here's this. The problem is, even if the offense is better, it's going to be worse. They are going to face nine top 50 defenses this year. 
Yeah. It's going to be tough. And Blake, they've lost some some key players here. They lost their running back. They've lost their center, Tyler Lindenbaum. Uh, both quarterbacks are back, which Parker says that's a, a negative. <laughs> I mean, that's not even something positive. The defense forced 31 turnovers last year, which is amazing. Can it happen again? Probably not, but uh, I think that defense will still be stout. Um, you and I talked about when we were looking at this, they could be 4-0 yeah. heading into the Michigan game, which was the exact same scenario I was in last year. Remember? Mm-hmm. 4-0. They hosted the big game, and I ended up winning. Can it happen again? I've got them winning that game. Whoa! <laughs> Parker, do you think they start 5-0? and I, d- I don't. No. Whoa. No, I don't. Oh boy! But how many but times did, did, did we hear that last year? Though? I was the only one that predicted Iowa to win that game last year. That fifth one, I, you know, the re- it's down to there's one reason that they keep winning these games. It's, there's only one thing that's common. They have the longest tenured coach in the country, Kirk Ferentz, and this guy's just a winner. I mean, he just takes these Spencer Petrus, like what's he what's he doing any other team? You know, they're not winning any games. So hats off to the coach. I mean, you can't argue against winning it almost kind of if i'm comparing to the nfl it's like a variable type guy i just don't think this guy's gonna lose yeah i agree all that y'all stole all my thunder <laughs> but uh i guess i'll go ahead and kick it off i have iowa winning this division at nine and three nice. i've got iowa oh. i've got iowa coming in third place in the division at seven and five since 2015, they have 117 interceptions. That's the most in college football. It can't keep happening. <laughs> but still. Or will it? They win the division at 8-4. and four. Whoa. There right. it is. So we have Parker picking Iowa. Yep. Blake picking Iowa. And yours truly, Bradley. Brad picking Minnesota. That is to win correct. the Big Ten West. I got a tiebreaker with Nebraska, but uh, I, you know, it doesn't matter. That's a show. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, and I also think that uh, Scott Frost will be looking for a new job by the end of the year. But we'll see about that. Right. But, guys, thanks for joining us. This was our 2022 Big Ten slash Big 14 West mm-hmm. prediction show. Branching out here, learning something new, doing a little research. Tell us what you think about our predictions down in the comments down below. But while you're here, again, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button on on the way out. Give us a rumble on rumble. Check us out on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DDS Sports Talk. And download all these uh, audio versions of all the podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Gentlemen, final thoughts. If South Carolina was in this division, they'd win it by two games. B1G is not the SEC. Golly, those are really good ones. All I know is this – I can't figure out, is this the research division or is this the – never mind, we won't go into it, but I do know one thing, though. It is two-tone blue all the way, you guys. Yeah.